Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Vision Sunday. That's what this is. Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. We thank God for the vision. We thank God for having vision, but that is why we're here today. We're here to talk about Vision Sunday, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, why is, what, what is that about? Why are we here? So let's make that clear why we are here right now talking about the vision. So as you know, there was a pandemic that swept across the world, a plague, just like you've seen in the, Bibles, the Bible before. This is no different than that. But during, before the pandemic hit, there was a new members class that was in the middle of uh, learning about Harvest Church and completing their new members class. But because of the pandemic, it was halted. It was, it was shut down. And so we've been, I guess, 18 months now, however long we've been in this plague, um, two years. Yes, sir. And, and, and the, the ministry, Dr. Howe, Pastor, wanted to make sure that those new members concluded their class, that they got that done, that they were fully members. Now, there, you know, there's, there's, as Pastor would say, there's nothing in membership per se. You know, you, you, if you're here, you're part of our family, but we wanted, to, if, you, we wanted to complete that process. But then at the same time, you would say, well, why are we doing it in front of all of you? Not everybody here is a new member. But because of the things that have happened during this plague, during this time, and the, the re- launching of things, the being amongst one another when we were not amongst one another for so long, it was a perfect time to, to let everybody, to put the vision before everybody so that we can all connect for some, reconnect for others, and to pick up the banner, to pick up the vision and run. Because we've done so many things uh, because of the vision and the, and the discipline and the the commitment of our man and woman of God, but there's so much more to do. Amen? So that's what we're looking to put in front of you today. Um, and, and we've got a lot of things. We've got a few things planned, and we'll, we'll, we'll get going into it. But I wanted to make sure that everybody understood exactly why we're doing this, why we're here, and for us all to be on one accord. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so... Um, so what does the Bible say about vision? Um, let's, and I've always wanted to say this, let's turn in our Bibles. <laughs> let's turn in our Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 14, chapter 14, the first synoptic gospel. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, I got that from, from, from <laughs> chapter 14, verse 33. All right, 23, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Thank you, production team, again. Um, and, babe, if you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, would you please read? Absolutely. And after he had dismissed the multitudes, he went up into the hills for by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was still there alone. And, I, and we'll stop there, because that's, that's a message in and of itself that even, that even Jesus Christ needed to pray, and he went alone to pray. And being alone to pray is a good thing, that we all need to find our alone time, to find our alone space to pray. Jesus did that, so if he did it, then how much more do we need to do that? But, but go ahead, honey. 
And after he had dismissed the multitudes, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. That, that's 23. Mm -hmm. Read that again. Uh, but the boat was by this time out on the sea, many furlongs distant from the land, beaten and tossed by the waves. All right, and so, so, so stop right there. So Jesus told the people, and in this story, this is one of the times where Jesus had uh, gone and fed 5,000 some odd people with a few loaves of bread and, and, and a few fish. So this is after that. He had done his work. He had ministered to the people. What was interesting about the story is Jesus sent his disciples away, and then he ushered the people away. So if you could imagine, he doesn't have his armor bearers around him with the people. He sent him the disciples away, and then he's telling everybody goodbye. And you can imagine what they're all, after having been ministered to in that way, how they're probably pulling on him. I mean, just the, the work of getting those people to leave was probably an incredible thing in and of itself, but he sent them away. Uh, but the moment he sent them away, and that's the way that I read it, and I've learned from our pastor that you, you, you personalize the story. You listen to the story. You ask questions of the story. And so he sent them away, and the way that I hear it is immediately the winds blew. And the ship that they were on were battered, was battered by those winds. So the moment he stepped away from them, life happened, right? You were in the protection of Jesus. Can you imagine hanging out with Jesus? I mean, like, Jesus is right there. And you're, you know, you're just kicking it with Jesus, and you're watching him save people and do all of these to heal people you're seeing all of these things you know he's real you leave that's a shout out to minister mignon when she's got the sound effects the wind blew right and that's the that's the that's the things of life issues of life battering you but go ahead <clears throat> And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the, on the sea. Mm -hmm. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out. And he spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Peter replied to him, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and came toward Jesus. So what I love about this, and Pastor talks about Peter as his guy, you know, that he's because he's the real one in the group. Um, Peter, in that scripture, he's not saying that he wasn't also afraid like the rest of the people on the boat. He's saying that he, too, doubted that that was him. And he said, but what he did that was different and I think noteworthy was he asked God to confirm and to prove that he was what he was seeing him. As like, I see you walking on water, but I got to know, is that really you? So if that is you, confirm it and bid me come. So what I took from that is in this moment of vision and we're going somewhere and it's going to all make sense. But in this, everybody's got vision. God told me to do this. Minister Jonathan's message was amazing, powerful, to the point, power packed. Everybody's got vision, but there's something that you have to do on the other side of that, right? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part there, but he said, confirm it. So when we have these visions, you don't have to guess, was that God? Is that, is that, 
Was that God's voice? You can actually say, I think this is you, God, but confirm that. Confirm that this, that before I step out in foolishness, confirm that this is you, God. Peter did it. And we hear all the time that God is no respecter of person. So if it worked for that man, he's not deity. Peter is a man just like you and me. Get, don't make don't get it twisted. He's the same. He's a he's a he bleeds. He wasn't sitting at the right hand of God and came down. And, you know, he wasn't he wasn't even Jesus's cousin like John the Baptist or any of that. He was a regular guy. Right. And he questioned God. And God said, come. Right. He answered his request and said, come. Go ahead, honey. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came towards Jesus. So this to understand, take it back to the beginning of the story. They got they went in the boat. They jumped in the sea that got battered by life blue. that had been battering them for hours. He said, come. He he spoke the word. Jesus spoke a word and Peter got out of the boat into the sea. It wasn't. A, a little pond. It was a sea. So, so, so think of, I mean, it, it, it was a sea. He stepped out on the word of God and was walking on water. Walking on water. And this is where Jonathan's message is so perfect because he said, you believe in God for the million. You believe in God for this. You believe in God for that. But where is your works? Peter stepped out of the boat and was walking on water. That was his work. He believed his faith was so strong and the word was so strong and placed before him. The vision was so strong and before him that he was able to walk on water. But the key, he was focused on Jesus and his word. Amen. Go ahead, honey. And when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. So in the, in the, thing, in the, nugget, the nugget that I had, and I get to say nuggets, uh, my first nugget there was on the last point. <laughs> so I get to say nugget, right? He said the nugget number one was <clears throat> if the right foot is vision, then the left foot is faith. If the right foot is vision, <clears throat> then the left foot is faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. They go hand in hand, or I guess foot in foot, right? If the right foot is vision, the left foot is faith. That's the nugget. You got you to gotta have those two together. And it's up on the screen. Look at that. That's our nugget. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So then, <clears throat> so, but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. So notice it says when he perceived I did. I have the amplified. I like the amplified. Um, and it says when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and he began to sink. So one, you can't do two things at once. You can't. Be, OK, you cannot be keeping your eye on Jesus and then be also paying attention to the effects of the wind. If you notice what the scripture says, it says that that he but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and began to sink. So 
I'm watching to Mom Hampton sitting here. I'm looking right at her. I'm going to put her as the deity of Jesus Christ. I'm looking at Mom Hampton. The wind blows. I'm looking, I'm looking. But then I start to look over here, and I immediately sink. Immediately. At the same time, I immediately sink. The moment Peter, he's been with Jesus, took his eyes off of Jesus, he immediately began to sink. But here's the nugget, though. The nugget is when you stay focused on God, you can do the impossible. He was walking on water. A sea, not a little creek, a little puddle that's in your driveway. No, he was walking on a sea that had been battering a ship full of men for hours. And he stepped and walked out on water. And why was he able to do that? Because he kept his eyes on Jesus and was doing what? He was walking on the word. The word was come. That was what Jesus said. And Peter said, yes, sir. And got right out. And if the right foot is vision, the left foot is. Oh, my. Yes, sir. You can do when you stay for the other nugget. When you stay focused on God. You can do the impossible. Impossible. And when I say impossible, I want you to think about what I'm saying. Walking on water is one type of impossibility. But also, Moses, who I like to liken my pastor to, Moses split another sea thing. He parted the Red Sea. And so when you think about the Red Sea, I mean, it's, it's feet high. And you see whales and sharks and fish, and they're walking that's impossible. But God did that. Moses did that as because with, with God. Amen? So the impossibility. So, so here's what I here's where I break it down to. Unfortunately, there are people that are going through struggles in their lives right now. And there are namely people that are going through struggles in their marriage. And there are people who are going through struggles in their marriage and they think that, that it's just not going to work. That there's nothing that we can do. Man, we got to split up. We got to separate. We got to get a divorce. I'm going to get the house. You're going to get this kid. You're going to get that kid. Well, who gets the church then? That's my church. Who's church? What? So people are going through that, those types of things and think that God can't do anything. He parted the Red Sea. Peter walked on water. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can do the impossible. He can fix your marriage. But catch this. If you want it to be fixed. If you want it to be fixed. So you need to get away like Jesus did. And you need to pray and pray and pray. And get it in your spirit that you want it to be fixed and God can do that thing. Amen. 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 All right. And then um, he extended his hand, caught him saying, oh, and this is this is I mean, this is this one is specifically for me. All of it is. But but I love this. He says, and, and honey, please read that immediately. <laughs> immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So here's why I love that. When we step out on faith, when we step out, step, step out on faith, sometimes it doesn't work out exactly how you thought it was going to go. Can you, when you think about the vision of this church, 
When you think about 4300 North Corrington Avenue, when you think about Camp Destiny, when you think about Destiny Towers, when you think about Harvest Christian Schools, when you think about the Early Learning Center, when you think about... Uh, uh, you go down the list when you think about the kids center that's yet to come, when you think about the strip mall that's yet to come, when you think about the housing development that's yet to come. Do you think that he never faced any doubt? Do you think that when he's sitting alone in his bed, just like you and I, and he's getting these amazing visions from God, do you think that it's always perfect? Do you think that every time he has a vision that everybody wants it to happen? That everybody wants, you know, for him to live in the house that he lives and drives the cars that he drives and dresses the way that he dresses and has the beautiful wife that he has and has the amazing six kids that he has. Do you think everybody's happy for him? People are not happy for him. When they see his vision, they're like, there he goes again. How with this? I mean, he went and bought a mall. That wasn't enough for him. He's got 100 acres of land. That's not enough for him. He's got a camp house where he can, where he can go ahead and entertain people and do things out there, hundreds of acres out there. That's not enough for him. Do you think people are happy? No, they're not happy. And he's fake. Not everybody. Some are. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. But... They're not, they're not all happy for him. So the point is, when you do miss it sometimes, when the winds do blow, though you may, though you may lose sight of him, and y'all could probably finish this. Yes, sir, Dad Clayton. He, he never loses sight of you. He never loses sight of you, Dad. And he's right there. And he asked the question, why did you doubt? He didn't beat you over the head. He didn't kick you to the curb. He didn't say, you lame. I can't. He, he said, why did you doubt? And, and he equated subtly, and study this out in your prayer time, <clears throat> he, equated it he equated it subtly to simply doubting equal sign taking your eyes off me. If you read the scripture, that's all it said. You took your eyes off me, and that equals doubt. The minute you took your eyes, you paid attention to life as it blew in, blew in, and you saw someone told you no. You stepped out on faith. You built your, you built your website. You got your business cards. You, you, uh, you, you went to a couple of meetings. The minute, the, the, the minute somebody tells you no, the winds of life blow, you take your eyes off what God told you, Right? And, 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 and then all is lost. But he's right there to pick you right back up. Amen? Amen. 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 And like, G, like Pastor said, oh, my time. Look at my time. Wow. All right. And so it's, <laughs> I don't even know what that, so does that mean? Okay. okay. Yes, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister, Minister Rollins, sir. Um, the good news is that he never loses sight of us. So again, nugget number one. If the right foot is vision, the left foot is? Faith. All right. They go hand in hand or foot in foot. I actually wrote that down, LOL, <clears throat> here. Number two, <laughs> nugget two, when you stay focused on God, you can do the? Impossible. Man. So unless, and pastor, and let's close with this. <clears throat> so you may say, that sounds good. Nice little message, Brother Clifton, you know, but I got a question for you. How do you know if your vision is from God? How do you know 
if your vision is, God, is from God. Jonathan said it. He said it. That's foolishness. It could, it could be. It could be. You jumping out and buying this. You jumping out and doing that. You could have missed it. Amen? How do you know? Well, I'll tell you how you know. Great. That's a, I'm funny you asked. I'm glad you asked. So <clears throat> let me say that last Wednesday, our pastor delivered a message on where he specifically said, he specifically said, no, you cannot ask anything in Jesus' name and expect, and expect it to happen. Or, or better said, just anybody can't ask anything in Jesus' name and expect it to happen. It's not a magic trick. God's not going to be mocked. He's not going to be manipulated. Our pastor taught us, and if you weren't there on Wednesday, not there because none of us were there, but if you... If you, if you weren't watching, please watch. I'm going to take the Jesus way. I'm not going to beat you over the head, but please watch it. It's, it's, we got podcasts. We got the video. However you want it, we've got it for you. Just watch it. But he specifically said, there's a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Qualifier. But he tells you step by step what you got to do. He's such a great teacher. He's like, here, here, there's a qualifier. And so if you'll put the scripture up, um, Turn in your Bibles. You don't have to. No, no, wait. You don't have to go there. So <clears throat> John 15, 6, and 7. And it's on the screen. And it says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But the good news, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united, and my message lives in your heart. That's it right there. That's the underline that. You know, I don't even highlight my Bible like many of you do, but you need to highlight that. If you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And as Pastor said, whoops, there it is right there, right there. That's the qualifier, right? That if you abide in him, that was the fancy word he used, abide. That's what the Bible says, abide. Abide just simply means to be, to, to obey, to, to do what he's saying. You know, and, and if you say, and, and how do you do that? How do you abide? We were going over this last night preparing for this, and she was like, eh, okay, well, what does that mean exactly to abide? Simply means you pray, you come to church, you study the word, and that's the most important. I probably said it out of order. You study the word, and then that gets in your heart, and then you can then begin to know his voice and you can know what you're hearing from him is from him. And then, just like Peter did, he also asked him to confirm it. Amen? Amen. So that's how you know. You're not in foolishness if you abide in him. But the, you got to handle first things first. You got to abide in him first. Don't jump out on a million-dollar vision and you haven't been next to, the, to, the, to, to God. Do that first. Lock in like Jesus did Get away from, the, from everybody. Lock in. Lock in on your marriage. You know, 
Go, go get it. If you got to be away from your family, you got to be away from people. Go get a hotel room for two or three days. Lock in whatever it may, whatever you are able to do. Lock in first. Get that vision in. Abide in him. Then hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Not what you're saying. Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Because we all say, oh, God said. Did God say that? Or is that what you wanted? Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's saying. And then put corresponding action to what he said. Ask him to confirm it if you need him to do that, if if you're still not sure. And then step out. If the right foot is vision, the left foot is faith. Amen. 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 And so that's nugget number three. How do I know if my vision is from God? You must abide in him. And just like Peter, ask God to prove it's him. Now, on to our living example of a man who has done and is doing all of this. One, he abides in him. Two, a man who keeps his eyes on God while he... Three, steps out in faith on God's word to pursue the visions God gave him. That man is no other than our pastor, Steve Help. Steve Help. Steve Help. And his lovely, illustrious, amazing, unadjectivable <laughs> wife, Dr. Donna Leah Help. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And so with that now that we have learned a bit about how he did it, and hopefully, I hope that you learned about how you can do it, too, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at Project Destiny, and let's take a look at the vision of this house. Let's take a look at what we're hooked up to. Amen? Amen. clap you can 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 clap camp destiny st joseph just opened topeka coming soon the strip malls so we can employ others coming soon the housing development so you can live in a safe community coming soon the kids center so we can send our kids to play in a godly environment and there's so much more so much more so much more to do amen 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 and so with that, if you could put up, the, put up the deck, and then the next voice you hear will be my lovely wife as she goes through the vision of this house. Amen. All right. Thank you. What a word. <laughs> Come on. All right. So we want to put some words to what you saw on the screen. Um, everybody give a hand clap for Project Destiny. And the vision of Harvest Church. So first we want to start with our visionaries, Pastor Steve Halp and Dr. Donna Leah Halp. 
Bishop Halp is a native of Ohio and served three years in the Navy and is a Vietnam veteran. We just uh, celebrated Veterans Day, so thank you to all of our veterans. If you want to clap for all our veterans, thank you, Pastor. He holds a thank you. He holds a degree in business management for, from Rose State College and was ordained through Rama Bible Training College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and let me say this. We're going we're gonna to go through this. We're not going to read line by line, but it's important that you it's understand important. what you're hooked up to and who you're hooked up to. Amen. It's not any, uh, as some people say, a jack leg that just happened to be able to draw a crowd. This man is certified. Hallelujah. He's educated. He's committed his life. He's laid his life down for this. So these things are important for you to feel confident in what, what is being taught and who taught him. You're Amen. connected to a lineage, a line that is unquestionably hearing from God. So as you hear this, please don't glaze over. I know it's like, oh, well, that's kind of small. It's a bunch of words, but it's important. And on this day, let's focus on that, okay? Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and that was under, at Rayma uh, Training Bible College under Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan Sr. Pastor then went on to receive um, a degree in biblical studies from Christian University, or Christ Friends Christian University, and was awarded Doctorate of Divinity. And then what did Pastor do next after graduating from Rama, He walked on the word and stepped out of that boat on come, on faith, and began the ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach right here in Kansas City. And we're glad about it on October 12th, 1986. Pastor is the husband of Dr. Donna Halp, and they together have six children, Stephen, Justin, Benjamin, Darrell, Krista, and Jonathan, who we saw on the screen preaching on faith. Yes, ma'am. And Dr. Halp is a native of uh, Louisiana. Uh, she was under the spiritual mentorship of Dr. Leroy Thompson at Word of Life Christian Center. Dr. Halp holds her master's degree. Master's degree master's degree from Louisiana State University and a doctorate in Christian education from Faith Bible College. She's dedicated her life to educating our children um, and is the executive administrator of Harvest Church and Harvest Christian School. She's at the school every day. Every day. Her name's not just up there because it <laughs> looks good. No, she's, she's touching my kids because all three, Providence, Zoe, Champ are there, and she's got a class that she teaches. She's, she's guiding and directing them. So if you like what's happening here, it's happening there on the school side, too. So bring your kids or bring your cousins, nephews, nieces. Let them know about what's going on there. Amen? Come to Harvest Christian School. I was on late pickup, and Dr. Halp had my kids the last three exactly. on Friday. <laughs> All right. Next slide. Pastor and Dr. Halp have authored several books that you see on the screen. Uh, the importance of this is it spans many topics, it, from blended families to women to children to men. You want to get all these books and read them, amazing books um, that touches the whole family. The vision of Harvest Church is to um, win the lost back, right, to restore souls back and make disciples, um, bring souls into the kingdom. How does Harvest Church do this vision? Um, it's under the banner and vehicle of Project Destiny. We have here our main campus um, you go to the next slide, please. Uh, our main campus of Harvest um, International, we have Topeka, 
which started 12 years ago under uh, Dr. Stanley and, and Pastor Stanley. We have um, St. Joe, which just opened last week, and you saw the video <laughs> with the Reduses. We have... Um, and listen, and we, we need to clap for more, more for that, though, yes. that, that, that we planted two churches. Pastor's vision is so yes. strong that he's able to take other cities, and that's, and that's continuing to happen. But we need to clap for that, that we were able to plant a church. We planted a church in 2009 that's still going, 12 years, and we planted and we reopened a church in, in St. Joe that's going to take that city, too. That's no small thing. Hallelujah. That's no small thing. So your tithes and offerings are going there. And, oh, let's not forget... And we don't have it in our notes. I don't know how we don't have it in our notes. All of it's paid for. Hallelujah. It's paid for. It's paid for. They, listen, he went and bought a church cash. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't come and negotiate. You know, let, here's the money for that. And bought churches and planted minister, planted pastors. Changed families' lives. It's no small thing. This is not what you see in every city with every pastor. This is not normal. It should be normal. It, those that are walking by faith, this is how things should be. But he's doing it. Hallelujah. He's doing it. And don't take it for granted. Do not take it for granted. Amen. And you saw on the video, Camp Destiny is also part of that. And coming soon, our children's center is coming, our single family homes. So d don't take it for granted, as my husband said. And all of this is a tool to win the lost. That, and that, the that's the thing, that, it, that it's not about, oh, we got another church here and we got another church there. It's really about winning the lost. And the things that you're doing in your life should be should you should be living in such a way that you're able to have conversations with people about how you're able to do what you're doing. That God can hear how you did this so they, too, can do it. Amen. So that you're you're witnessing to those and we're planning churches to do that because Jesus is coming. And the Great Commission is for us to win the loss, to spread the gospel, to get as many people on the boat to be saved. Because no, none of us want to be here once the great calling away happens. You don't want to be here. If you read the Bible, the trials and tribulations that are going to happen at that time are no joke. What you see today is laughable compared to what's going to happen then. You don't want to be here, and, and you want to make sure you start with your family, with the networks of people that you have, that you live in certain, certain, a, a certain way, that you're not being a hypocrite or any of that, but you're living in a certain way that you can have a conversation with people about the goodness of God in your life so that hopefully they plant, you planted a seed, it gets watered, and at some point the harvest happens. Don't feel like you've got to have pressure to do all of that. That's not God does his thing, but you should live in a way that you can plant seeds in their lives so that it can, the process starts. Amen? So that is Project Destiny. The history of Harvest Church, Harvest Church started in 1986 in a small business office, um, went on to Adams Mark, Bob Hughes Carpet, Raytown, and then Pastor, by faith, purchased a mall. Purchased a mall when no one was doing that. Like, it, like it's, something, it's something that you may see now that there are churches across the United States that are mega churches, but back then, no one was doing that. No one was doing that. I believe he still holds the title as the greatest, the largest African-American landowner or this church. I don't know how you like to word that, but in, in the Midwest. In the Amen. Midwest. Amen. 
Yes, yes. I mean, you can't, you can't clap enough for that. You can't clap enough for that. And so now to our new Harvest family, as you settle in, I want you to understand the vision and the impact and the magnitude of this vision that you don't take it for granted. That as you settle in and you grow spiritually, um, you put your hands to the plow and you run with this vision. Um, that your mind is changed, that your capacity to believe increases. Um, as you see the big, it, it grows in you. And, and, that's, and, and let me say this. I've said many times when I've had the opportunity to be in front of people that blessing is on the other side of obedience. Amen. And so the beauty of Harvest Church and the way churches should go in general is that you have an opportunity to put your hands to the plow, and the ministry offers you those opportunities to do that. So that you can do things to bless the world, but then God then blesses you. Not that you're necessarily doing it for the blessing, but that's the way that it works. Like you're you're doing things and God is seeing that you're abiding in him, that you're that you. Well, you know, I I helped out with harvesters on Saturday and I I did. I, I moved furniture on last Thursday and I did this and I did I did those things. It's all to your account of you're doing God's work. You're doing Amen. kingdom business. Amen. And so if you take care of his house. He takes care of your house. Amen. And he so when you things. see these opportunities to run with the vision, don't keep thinking that somebody else is going to do it. Because first of all, you're right. You're right. It is going to get done. When you chose not to come yesterday, and this isn't a beat over the head thing, it still happened. But you could have been a part of that. And your life could have, your, your account could have grown because you did that. So, so don't take running with the vision as a small thing and that's what, it doesn't take all that and that's what they do. No, you need to do that. The church offers you those opportunities so that you can be blessed. I've had conversations with Deacon Williams, Wiley Williams, and a round of applause for our, our head deacon, Deacon Wiley Williams. And we've talked about that, <clears throat> that, that we just wish everybody would get to the understanding that there's blessings in that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's times I wanted to play golf and I didn't play golf because I had something I was supposed to do. I'll be honest, on Thursday, this the past Thursday, we did something for the church. We moved furniture. It took pretty much all day. My plan was to prepare for this on that day. I was off. My company was actually closed on, on Veterans Day. And all I was going to do the whole day was just tighten up this whole thing. And God was like, nope, go do this. But there's blessings in that. Amen. And as you see, I, as I feel, I don't even think I needed Thursday. We were able to do this and the blessing that God put on our lives as a result of doing other kingdom business, we're able to be before you, and, and I believe it's good enough. Amen? Amen. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.